you know, there's a lot of stuff that's automated. So they say, you know, tax returns are being processed and all that other good stuff. Um, <laughs> but God forbid that you, you had an issue going on, everything stopped. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. If you're ready to set up a strong, reliable accounting system, one that's a real strong foundation for your business, well, we think we have the answer for you. If this is from Accounting We Will Go, you're here listening to us on this podcast. We set up a course, and it's called Amazon Accounting Simplified. Yep, simple. And we only say Amazon, yet it's really all across e-commerce. We're talking about integrating QuickBooks into your existing or new e-commerce business. And new is great because you could set it up right that way. But but if you have an existing business, how do you integrate? How do you get um, QuickBooks online specifically? How do you get set up in there? Well, we have modules. There's over 48 modules that will walk you through each one of those steps. We're going to talk about cost of goods. Not even talk about it. We're going to dive in, parse it, peel it back, and help you understand what it takes. How about chart of accounts? Setting up the right accounts, ones that you can use to make decisions. We've had hundreds of clients, and we come up what we see it have seen as the best practice, and I think that's going to be the best thing for you. Reconciling 1099s from PayPal and Amazon, good luck. Challenging. Well, we're going to, we have modules, unique modules for each of those because they are unique. And so vendor management, accounting for Amazon loans, it goes on and on. I'm just skimming the top. There's 48-plus modules, and more will be added over time. It's going to help you get up, get set up or get caught up with strong foundational accounting books. Um, We use it to help make decisions. We use it to help predict cash and cash pinch points, which you're going to have. If you're buying inventory and you're waiting to get paid for it, you're going to run out of cash at some point. Wouldn't it be great to know? It's not great that it happens, but it's great to know when it's going to happen. So you can plan for it. You can make different decisions based on real solid information, historical information that you keep building. Best part about QuickBooks Online is our CPA signs right in and does his tax voodoo right through the system and so i don't have to hump it over there and we can get a little better rate by doing that so how do you find out more about it and again you should look into it amzaccountingsimplified.com forward slash podcast i'll say it again amzaccountingsimplified.com forward slash podcast check out all the different modules check out what you can do if you really want to get your house in order if you're really looking to get that building block established and then locked in place and then you can build from there then we recommend the course if you're ready to learn about wholesale then i suggest best from the nest and robin johnson her unstoppable amazon academy will help you learn from basically even opening account if you're brand new to amazon but then all the way to brand building how do you how do you enhance a brand how do you have that conversation there's 300 plus videos probably more than that by now so very simple little as 49 dollars a month bestfromthenest.com forward slash EM. That's it. bestfromthenest.com forward slash EM. Check out the services that they offer. Check out some of the events that she hosts. Do you want to go walk around ASD? Check it out. bestfromthenest.com forward slash EM. It's time to get the listings right. So what should you do? You should get your images right, right? So Amazing Freedom has a program to help you do that, and we've used them. It's phenomenal what they can do. you got to go look at this. So you go to amazingfreedom.com forward slash photos and take a look at the examples of what you can do with an image. You take and you give them some sample images, um, some simple images, and then what they do is they take and um, 
insert them with lifestyle uh, photos. And so all of a sudden, you're going to see an example of what a plain image looks like and then what it can be enhanced to. Why is this of value to you? Well, you're in the wholesale business. And guess what? You want to add value to the brand. And this is just a simple way to do it. They offer all those kinds of services. Scroll down to the bottom. If you really want somebody to help really improve this service and you want to bring value to that brand because you want exclusivity, the services uh, that they offer for um, listing enhancement will blow your mind. So again, it's amazingfreedom.com forward slash photos. Take a look at what you can do for your brand that you're trying to get. So you're looking for an advantage to help you woo a brand. Well, one of the tools that you can use is Scope. You could check out their product and then check out their competitors and find the keywords their competitors are using and check out theirs and see that they're not and then say, okay, I've got an idea. Let me do this. Let me enhance your brand. That's the thing you can bring to the marketplace. When you can enhance the brand, you're going to win that account. So try it. You get a free trial, but sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code momentum and save 50 bucks. It's a free trial. Try it and see if you can enhance the brand. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 378. Craig Cody, the tax man is back. Uh, I've been way too long. I didn't realize it's been that long. I'm sorry, Craig. I didn't realize. Um, Craig's specialty is tax planning. Um, he does handle taxes. He does do accounting and he does bookkeeping and payroll and all that jazz. If you're a large company and you're looking for a service and he's in New York, but he can practice anywhere, he's the right guy. But what I bring them on for is tax planning because I think, you know, if you're making money, um, you got to start figuring out how to keep more of it legally. None of this goofy nonsense and offshore and all that kind of junk. Um, real sound, simple advice. There were some big changes I didn't realize, and it was very eye-opening for me. Um, I stumbled through some things that I remember from old accounting school, and still some of them are tried and true, but I just don't pay attention much to that because we don't do our own taxes. We take it to a CPA who specializes in keeping up with the politics of taxes because it is a political thing. So, Let's get into the podcast, and I really hope you take your time, and at the end, I give you his link that you can go and get a um, top 10 mistakes, and yes, he does track your email, and I don't benefit in any way, but he does have a free analysis, and that's worth doing. Just have somebody take a look at your business from the outside, and you might get your eyes open, and you might say, whoa, this is a big deal for me, and so uh, when we switched our corporation years ago, we saved a lot of money, so it might be worth you doing, and again, I don't benefit in any way. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited to have today's returning guest, Craig Cody on. Welcome, Craig. Stephen, thank you for having me back. Well, it's great to have you back because it's tax time, and nobody likes the tax guy, Craig. You know that. I mean, you, you must hear that. Even your family probably looks, you know, a little bit down their nose at you sometimes. Oh uh, no, they love me because I'm the guy that helps them keep more of what they make. You know, it's funny. You are well, you're a New York uh, tax guy, and I guess you could practice pretty much anywhere. But yeah, you're have you have some specialty stuff. You handle larger clients. So, however. Your shtick is really let's minimize taxes up front, correct? correct? So anybody that's paying you know a decent amount of taxes, we could help them save some of that money and keep it in their own pocket. Well, we had you on. It was two years ago. I was I was looking wow. back and I'm like, oh my god, uh, you know, we talk a lot, but it's just I can't believe it's been that long. And I would assume 
there have been a few changes um, in the last year because taxes are political, correct? They don't make sense. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I sit back and I think about <laughs> being an accountant. Right? I went to accounting school undergrad and, you know, it was pretty common for the most part. It was pretty common sense. You know, you amortize something because it was logical, right? It was, you know, based on the lifespan, right? And that was a little arbitrary, but it was reasonable. It was consistent. Taxes are political. Is that fair? Yes. And, you know, they took so many years ago, they talked about this postcard tax return. So now the 1040 is a, it's actually it's a postcard size, but it's eight pages instead of one front and back. <laughs> but I thought it was going to get easier. <laughs> yeah. I call it the Full Employment Act. Well, what happened when the government shut down and the IRS, I mean, did they stop going to work? I mean, I'm not familiar with all yes, that. I just except for, except for, you know, a handful of people, basically everything stopped. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's automated. So they say, you know, tax returns are being processed and all that other good stuff. Um, <clears throat> but God forbid that you, you had an issue going on, everything stopped. And how do you get it back up to speed, especially if you're working with somebody and they've been off dealing with their own personal issues and now they come back, you know, now you got to get them back up to speed. Is that where the conversation starts Basically, over again? Basically, you know, depending on where you're at, yes. I mean, we had one client who was, you know, we were just about to start an audit, which was it was just going to be a three-hour audit. And, um, you know, it was the day after they shut down. And, you know, as soon as they came back, the auditor called. We set up a new date. We got it done. But, you know... There's a lot of people that are still waiting on stuff because now you got like she says we spend four hours a day now opening mail. That's what the, at the IRS because all yes. that mail just sat for all yes. that period so, of time. Oh so my God. if you were if you were in a separate unit that did something and you get your mail every day, now you know what was it twenty something days? <laughs> That's a lot of mail. So does that bode well? for us in business or not so well or um, who knows who knows i would say more on a who knows if you have an issue it could be a plus or a minus depending on where you're at <laughs> that's if not a good answer yeah. it could be i want a plus not a minus <laughs> yeah. come on man right. so i mean if, if you owe the government money and they're looking to take it from you them being shut down was probably a good thing um if you're waiting on something because you need to speak with somebody and they owe you money it was a bad thing you know but, you know, back to the changes. I mean, there's some good changes for businessmen. Oh, for let's, start, let's, let's so, start knocking them out, please. So, you know, the, the big, big thing was the qualified business income deduction. So basically, if you're in business, and let's just say you're in the business that we're talking about today, the government is saying, after everything is said and done, we're going to take your net income, and then we're going to give you another 20% deduction from that net income. So if your net was $100,000, we're going to say, okay, we're going to give you $20,000 free, so we're going to give you another $20,000 deduction. What was the thinking behind that? What was it supposed to spur? What it was supposed to spur was the C corporations, which are typically your big corporations out there, they were lowering the tax rate down to 21%. So what they wanted to do is they wanted to give you know the mainstream business owner, the typical small business owner, who's typically an LLC or a partnership or an S corporation, they wanted to give them some kind of relief. And that's where this 20% qualified business income deduction came in. Now, does does that do you have to be a uh, some type of entity? Or can it just be a sole proprietor? 
you could be a sole proprietor, yes. Okay. So you don't have to have that legal entity. Okay. Correct. All right. So 20%, and this was enacted in 2018. Is it, as of now, continued into 2019? Yep. It goes through, I think, 2024 is the date of when everything was extended to. So um, this is the first year, your 2018 tax. It's the first year where you're going to get this deduction. And, you know, it can be, you know, a, a lot of money saved. It could also be a huge planning opportunity. Well, that's it. I was going to say, what do you, what's, what's your advice for people to do with that, right? Give us the secret that we normally pay you probably $375 an hour. <laughs> Although, wait, you're from New York. It's seven seventy-five an hour. Um <laughs> What what's the what's the advice that you're typically giving people now the with that? The secret is you have to plan, you have to see where you are. So, you know, basically everybody gets that deduction, all right, if their taxable income is less than three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. So now the people that are making more than that, all right, it's limited to fifty percent of their salary. So then there are some people that are in that they're they made more than three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars, but maybe they took, you know, $100,000 salary. And, you know, that limits the amount of a deduction that they're able to so take. It's so it's phased yeah. at that point. It's phased, unless they took more salary. <laughs> unless. So that's where we're planning, you know. So um, we had a client bonus himself a couple of hundred thousand dollars at the end of the year, and he saved seventy four grand. You know, it's funny you say that, because I have a good friend, and uh, they, only, they only take one paycheck a year, depending on how the year went. And I was thinking about that, you know, I was thinking, is that taxed as a bonus or is that taxed as salary? Um, I would think as a bonus. And it used to, and I haven't done, I haven't looked at this stuff in a gazillion years, so I'm going to talk stupid about this. There used to be a different tax withholding and that kind of thing. Is that still the way it's done? There is. But if you're doing, if you aren't, then there's very few people that do that and probably very few of them that do it, do it right. But if you are taking that salary just annually like that, as long as you're not taking money out of the business, it's salary. So, meaning if you're not taking money throughout the year out of the business, then it's considered salary. Okay. But the other way you're talking about it's it's and that's withholding is mm -hmm. bonus rates. Right, right. That's not the so net tax. I get that. It's just net. withholding. It's just yeah. withhold. Right. So, hmm. um, and that typically comes to play more when you are somebody working for somebody else than than your own employee. So strategically, that sounds like a pretty smart move then, you know, depending on how the year went, uh, to, to possibly draw as a salary one time a year? Yeah, most people can't do it, all right, because they don't have the cash flow, you know, to cover their expenses for the whole year. Um, that's why people typically self-employed are taking it, you know, either bi-weekly or monthly um, so they can pay their bills. Okay. All right. It doesn't work if you're borrowing money from the corporation or taking distributions through the out the year and not taking the salary. If somebody looks at it, you know, they could have a problem with it. What the what the actual problem and penalty could be may not be existent, but um, it's typically not the right way to do it. That's a good question. Somebody asks uh, about how you know what's a reasonable salary, you know, because that's what you're required to do, to take. Correct. Right? So a reasonable salary is reasonable. You know, if you're in um, California, where nothing's reasonable, or you're in Florida, where they're semi-reasonable, it's significantly different, right? Could oh, be. It could be, but we use, um, we use um, a program uh, that does a reasonable compensation study for our clients. 
So that gives us something to back up whatever it is we're doing. Okay. And, and again, that helps defend that position, right? Because ultimately you want to make sure that you, your position is defensible, right? Correct. Because reasonable. the government, especially with this new rule, the government doesn't want you taking a $20,000 salary and having a $200,000 net income and you get a $40,000 qualified business income deduction versus the guy that has a 100000 salary. Okay, so he winds up with, say, $120,000 in net profit, and he only gets the $24,000 deduction. So this could so this could trigger, 40. this could actually trigger, you know, op issues for people, correct? Yes, hmm. yes. Flags. And, yep, and there's a lot of new changes this year, a lot of reports that have to be attached if you're a business owner to your personal return basis schedules and stuff like that. Um where the government is really looking to track stuff that they've never tracked before. Well, give us an example. So what, what, what would they be tracking that in the past they, they haven't? And what, do you, what is your thinking of why they're tracking it? Well, they're tracking it because they've been leaving dollars on the table. So uh, mm-hmm. um, if let's just say you're an S-Corp owner and you, you, you have a salary and you have maybe wind up with $80,000 worth of profit, but you took $100,000 worth of distributions out. So... And there's a couple of ways that can happen. But so you've basically taken out more than, let's just say, your basis that by $20,000. And technically, that $20,000 extra should be capital gains. So there's a lot of people that aren't paying tax on that. They're just taking a distribution because there is no basis schedule required. So now the government says, we want that basis schedule. Hmm. So we could say whether if that extra money, you actually owe us tax on it. And And... Slowly but surely, these little, you know, the more electronic we get, right, they're going yes. to continue to narrow down and dial in. Right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. In Artificial theory, intelligence. It, would, it wouldn't be bad as long as things got easier, right? I mean, that's what you would hope. <coughs> yes. Yes. You would hope. Yeah, but you're not saying that they did. <laughs> okay. All right. So that was a big one. The, the 20% is a huge one. Give us another example of uh, big changes that you've seen. Well, entertainment is no longer deductible, all right? So people used to, you know, take people out, entertain them, and they— We used to get a luxury box. That's a good example, right? Right, Luxury box, uh, all the sporting events and concerts and stuff like that. So a company can't deduct that anymore? Correct. They used to get half of it. Now they get none of it. So has that affected—I was thinking about that. Does that affect these giant um, arenas and stuff? It has to. Um, I'm sure if you ask them, they'd probably tell you yes. You know, but I think a lot of companies are still doing it, you know, because they kind of have to and they're just not able to write it off. And so what happens with that? It's just a, you know, it's you're paying after tax income for that. I mean, it's really expensive beer. That beer is expensive to begin with, (laughs) but now it's really expensive. Yes, yes. (laughs) So, So that is really the big, the big thing. You know, there's some other stuff that aren't, isn't going to affect a lot of people. But the big change is really this qualified business income deduction. How about for, uh, since, you know, we're talking e-commerce here, and, and these are inventory-based systems for the most part, right? And some people do services on the side, so that, that affects other things. But from an inventory-based, uh, has there been any changes that have, uh, in the last two years, that, that people need to be thinking about? Yeah, well, there's been some changes to the accounting for expenses related to inventory. Um, I, I would bet the vast majority of the audience it doesn't affect Okay. Um, certain costs used to have to be capitalized. They don't have to be capitalized anymore. There's also um, it used to be if you were over X amount of dollars, um, you had to actually go to an accrual method of accounting. Now, now that number has jumped up much, much higher. 
And so, um, so let's just pause for a second because this question I see get put out there all the time. So I'm going to the Nike store and I'm going to spend, it's, it's December 31st. It's 10 p.m. and I've got some money to burn because I made a profit. And so I'm going out there and I'm going to buy, you know, $10,000 worth of shoes. So what you just said is that, you know, well, you didn't say. So tell me how that I have to account for that. That's inventory. So you don't get the deduction. It goes on your balance sheet as an asset. But I'm on a cash it, account. I'm a cash accounting system. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't so matter. everything I buy goes into inventory regardless. Correct. Other than supplies and stuff like that, of course. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. So so what about, I mean, you know, but there used to be, you know, the cash accounting method was common, correct? Yeah. And it, and it's it's still common. But inventory is one of those things that's, it's, it's like you're, you're buying an asset. So it's just kind of like you bought a piece of machinery. And until you sell that asset, you don't get the deduction for it. Okay. So hopefully that's clear for people. The poly bags that I'm going to put the asset in to send into Amazon, I get to expense that immediately because right. that's just that's an expense. Correct. However, the shoes themselves, I don't get to expense until they sell or Correct. get destroyed or get <coughs> donated or whatever you do with them. And then, then it affects inventory, actually, not even expense. Correct. Okay. All right. Um, other. How about this? Because you're you're all about reducing tax. Um, what What are some things that you know the common sense stuff that people should be doing that you when you take on a client the, the low hanging fruit that you find almost all the time? Oh yeah. Uh, do you operate out of the right business entity? You know, are you an LLC? Should you be an S corporation? Can you make a late election to make yourself an S corporation? Does that make sense? Well, give us an example why it would and why it wouldn't. Well, it, it, one example why it would is that's your only business, all right? An example why it wouldn't would be maybe it's a side gig for you. So you have your W-2 job during the day and you're doing the Amazon at night and on the weekends. So then it wouldn't make sense to be an S-corporation. Oh, no, so why, why, why would that not make sense? Give because us it comes um, when you, cause you have to take reasonable compensation inside of an S-corporation. And by taking reasonable compensation, you have to pay self-employment tax, uh, which amounts to 15.3%. And you get half of it back if you're over the limit, but that other half is lost forever. So you're giving the government that extra 7.65%. And, and now the the protection behind a S corp or behind a, a, a company like that. So that's where a limited liability would come in to give you that protection? Well, yeah. So, so you know. Because there's two different the state, methods, right? There's two different. Right. And okay. the liability protection really goes by the state, and that's more of a legal issue. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, people, you know, call up the attorney and they say, you know, form this because that's what they like to form in that state. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the best way to get tax savings. So sometimes we're able to have that LLC and make an election to be taxed as an S corporation. So you get the best of both worlds. But we're strictly talking tax, not liability protection. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's a reason not to do an S corp. However, there's still ways to protect yourself if Correct. you're trying to shelter. Okay. And, all it, right. and it all comes down to taking some time to plan. Well, how many people, <laughs> we'll be honest, out of 100 clients that, new clients that come into your business, how many of them have been planning? None. Zero. That's why they come to us. Well, when you think about that, I mean, it's, it's depressing, and I don't want to be depressed. All right, let's stay positive. But realistically, how many years, you know, I understand that, you know, you get paid, but how many years could they, if they planned, 
could they have saved your fees, right? I mean, that's what I think about, you know, lost sunk cost, right? They always, oh, it's sunk cost, Steve, it's gone. Now, right. I dwell on that stuff. I look back and I'm like, for 10 years, I've been paying that black phone for AT&T sitting on the wall for 10 years. You know, they, they always rented the phone. Remember that? You rented it for like 40 yes, or yes. 50 years. <laughs> Everybody rented it for 40 or 50 years and nobody knew it. But it's one of those things, you know, I'll dwell on that and I'll be like, I'll do the math and then I'll think about interest rate lost, you know. So I'll show you, I'll show you going forward how much more you're going to put in your pocket by planning. So and, if it's 50 grand, 100 grand over the next five years, is it worthwhile to do a plan? Yeah, the answer is yes. Well, let, let's talk about that. What about sellers that are selling $100,000? Is it worth them really doing a plan? It depends. If if they're doing something else, yes. If oh, not, oh wait, wait, hold on a second. If they're doing something else, like back to that W-2 example. Correct. Right, because they're they're already probably in a decent tax bracket and they're correct. getting to that place. Okay. All right, so, so the that's beauty about the beauty about what I do is when we do when we talk with somebody and we say okay, let's let's do an analysis and we do that analysis, we we basically know when we do the analysis what we could save them and we tell them this is this is what we can save you and it hasn't cost them a second uh, you know a dollar yet, so that's the beauty of doing the analysis and seeing can we save you some money and you know not everybody can you know if they're not making money you know I can't can't keep what they're not giving away. So yeah, if they're losing, they're already saving. <laughs> that's not a good. Exactly. That's not a good plan. Not long a good term. position to be in. Yes, for long term, it happens, but not long term. You don't want to be there. Okay, so when you think about uh, a client coming in, um, do they have to be? I mean, again, you're talking tax planning. You generally represent larger clients for for your accounting services, right? Your tax for the services. The accounting services typically they're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, but for the planning side, which is a, a one-time deal, that if we could save them ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And again, that would be it. Could be that even my hundred thousand dollar example, right? Especially if they were doing something else. Um, but typically, half a million dollar business, a little bit more. I mean, we, no, what, what I've seen is about twenty twenty percent on most on most of these business, twenty twenty five percent. Typically, one hundred and fifty. There's there's a lot of savings there. Okay. When how long does it take to take effect? So right now we're in 2019. Can I still go back and take advantage of things for 2018? If well, you could take advantage if you haven't done them already and it's a retirement plan. You can. Okay. I, I typically that's not part of our plan because you could call Fidelity and they'll tell you to do that. Um, but sometimes people have done things and they don't realize they've done them. They don't realize that they could actually deduct that. You have an example? Um, let's just say you're operating out of your home office hmm. and you don't realize that you can deduct the, the cost of your pool because you're using it as a home athletic facility. <laughs> Was there a big change in the home uh, deduction in the last year or two? Nope. Nope. No, no change. Changes. No, no change whatsoever. A couple of years ago, they came out with what's like a safe harbor number. Um, but no, you just have to document what you're doing. And the safe harbor number was because people were arbitrarily measuring down to the inch? Is that what it I was? I think people were not doing it. And they were saying if it's under, I think they get, the number was like $1,500. They were considered not like a safe harbor number. They weren't going to bother you. Okay, so next place that we would go looking again for some low-hanging fruit that people would be able to save in taxes, where do you, where do you send them next? How about how about hiring your kids? Oh, 
My no son is kids. in the office next door, so Correct. I got that one right. And he's a little bit older, but let's just say, um, you know, you could pay your, your kid $12,000 a year, and he would pay no federal income tax. In most states, he'd pay no tax. So if you're in the 24% rate, you just save three grand right there. And if you have a couple of kids, you know, next thing you know, it's $12,000. And if you do it right, you might even be able to not pay FICA tax on it. Hmm. So what happens to that money? Do we have to give it to the kids? Oh yes, they have to. Okay. You have to pay, and it has to. You know, it's, you have to be legitimate. Right. And right. But, but now they can but, save towards the retirement at that young age. They could put it into a, a Roth IRA. They could use it to, let's say, pay for their school. They could use it to pay for you know hockey camp and stuff like that. So you're making oh, non-deductible expenses deductible, indirectly. It, Right, and so then they pay it because that's their responsibility. They're employed, Correct. and Correct. yet um, then me, as the dad who's been paying forever, doesn't have to pay. Oh, interesting. Correct. Okay, and that's you legit. To, obviously, yep. As long as you document everything, and you know the tax courts have ruled you could pay your kid um, or, or hire your child as young as seven. I like people to wait till they're about eleven. <laughs> so how much can you really pay a seven-year-old? What's he going to do? Now, you again, you have to have a profitable business that you can do this stuff. So, Correct. again, we're back to the scenario where you got, well, you have clients making, you know, substantial income. This is a great way to shelter. And, you know, I think having your kid work in your business is wonderful um, for teaching. Um, so right. I just think that's a wonderful thing. Right. And, and substantial is, you know, to different people, substantial is different. Okay. You may talk to somebody in Southern California that, you know, they need to make $350,000 a year to just to survive. All right. And you may have somebody in South Florida that could survive on $60,000 a year. Hmm. Okay. That's a perspective there. All right. So we got the kids hired. We got the pool deducted. I like that. Right. So we got, now we're relaxing. Do I get my margaritas at the uh, pool? No. <laughs> no. Damn. But maybe you could pay one of your kids to do something, and as, as a courtesy, he'll bring you a mug. Oh, okay. So that's a quid pro quo. He can, we can do that. It's part of his employment. you got to supply the uh, tequila. <laughs> that's a little bit of an issue. All right. What we else? Have, we have the home office. We have, how about your vehicle? You know, uh, if yeah, you that's have a home a, office. That, that's a confusing one for people, I think, the, a vehicle, because you either write off the mileage or you fill the gas tank. But you just can't fill your gas tank, can you? No, no. You have to keep a log. Mm-hmm. And you need to basically say, okay, if, if it turns out that you're using your vehicle 70% for business, then you, you get to write off 70% of those expenses. If you're doing the mileage, then it's business mileage. And you can't change from year to year. So if you put it's that one car or the in other. service, if you put that car in service and you're using the mileage rate until you get rid of that car, you have to use the mileage rate. Yeah, the only time we've ever had duplicate is when we had to rent a vehicle, like a truck or something like that, and you have to get gasoline for that. I mean, that's a right. legitimate, that's Which a rental. Yep. Totally different. Yes. Totally different, right. But it just, you are driving it, and so then it's mileage. Um, how about um, the Section 179? Did that amount go up? You know, most people aren't going to be affected by the... The, the amount that that went up to. I'm not even sure what it, where it's at. Is it at I thought five, it was like 25 uh, grand or something like that, wasn't it? No, 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 no. You, you were talking about vehicles, probably. It used to, vehicles were maxed at 25 grand. Yeah, right, right, right. So there's no change there. No change there. Well, how about that? What about people that are in their business? Or let's say an e-commerce business, a good example. And they're, they had a good profit this year. And they're looking at, I, my question is, what was this, what's the Section 179 amount up to now? 
Oh, it's a couple of hundred. It's it's either half a million or a million. Oh, oh, it's. I, it's I, I, I've I've never actually bumped into the limit. Okay, so. so it's way up there now. Yeah. But it used to be right. I mean, back when I I used to know how to do depreciation, which I haven't done in probably back fifteen in the day, years. It was probably I, I literally haven't. I wouldn't even know how to do it. But we used to have to go through those all those crazy calculations. And back then, it was only you know ten or twelve or something like that. And so um, you know, you'd buy. Buy a printer, which was five thousand dollars. Remember those days? You literally pay five grand for a laser printer, and you know you'd have to amortize it unless you can get it under the section one seventy nine, which you'd write the whole unit off, one kit and caboodle, right? And that's a beautiful thing. Well, if I'm turning a profit this year, does that mean I get to buy a vehicle and and deduct the whole thing? Oh, well, if let's just assume you are using that vehicle one hundred percent and it meets the qualifications. Yes, you could write it off. Most vehicles, unless they're over six hundred thousand dollars, six hundred six thousand pounds, you cannot go over that section one seventy nine amount. Okay, so that's a limit. Now, let's just take I and say I bought that vehicle and it's a van, it's a cube van that I use one hundred percent for business. I don't get to deduct the miles then, correct? Now I'm correct. into the into gas and insurance exactly. and that, exactly. and you know business. Insurance is expensive, and so that's just a, something that's that's pretty important to note. That that does get a little complicated. And Steve's not giving any advice here, but it's definitely a little murky there, right? Yes, yes, most definitely. So you know, so you got your limits there, but then you have you know your retirement plan. Um, what else do we have here? You've hired your kids. <laughs> yeah, we got the pool. We've, We've got the kids. The pool. Medical benefits. Oh, okay? yeah, this is a real complicated so, one now, depending, right? Depending on the type of entity you are, you might be able to write off the cost of your kid's braces dollar for dollar. So let's talk about this. So let's uh, – a whole bunch of our listeners here are probably S-Corps at this point um, or they're sole proprietors, one or the other generally, right? Uh, I'm sure there's some LLCs for whatever reason and maybe – I. I, I find it hard to believe there'll be many C-Corps. Right. So, so can you talk through each example? What, what would be an, a deduction that's normal that, that you can take? So on your, on your sole proprietor and your single-member LLC, you could do the medical expense reimbursement plan. Um, on the S-Corp, you cannot. On the C-Corp, you can, but you're not going to see too many of those. Um, so that's why if you do some planning and you see what your situation is, Sometimes that factors into what type of entity. So here's this old white dude named Steve. Let's just call him Steve. And so if he wants health insurance and they happen to be an S-Corp, what's, what so, are the options? So health insurance is a little bit different. The business doesn't actually, I, I don't know why it's done this way, but the business doesn't actually get to write off the health insurance. But you do personally on page one. For, of for an S-Corp. For an S corp, so it's it it the same thing. C corp, yep, C corp, totally different set of okay. rules. Um, but the S corp doesn't write off the health insurance, but they get a deduction on page one of their return. So it nets out to basically the same thing. And what percentage are you allowed to write off? One hundred percent of your health insurance cost. One hundred percent. Yes. So. You know, one of the, the things that I've heard from people is that they can't afford to lose their job because they get health insurance paid for a portion of it by their employer. And in the old days, it used to be pretty, you know, pretty significant, right? You know, the, the, the portion that the employer would pay. That's definitely diminished uh, for a lot of people um, and a lot of companies over the years. Is that something else that your, your, um, your tax planning um, looks at? No, because typically people are either working a side job or they're in business already or by themselves. Okay. 
So that's not, a, you know, they just have to have the health insurance. It's not about, you know, they've already made that decision when they left their regular job that, okay, I'm going to forego whatever benefit I got there um, and pay it all out of pocket. But I know I have the, the potential to make a lot more money now. It does not create a taxable event, though, me having no, insurance, it, right? There no, was that Cadillac no. nonsense. That's all gone yeah, away. I, and I, I think in 2018, it's the... There is no penalty for not having health insurance. Um, so I guess the Cadillac, I, I never saw the Cadillac um, penalty. That right. Was, I don't think it ever made it. I think just, anyone that had it, they, they lobbied the government and they got the exemption yeah. or something like that. 100%. Okay. And so so there's a benefit right there. So you get a full deduction for 100% of the health insurance. Now, what you were referring to before then, because uh, I went off on my little Steve uh, tangent there, you were talking about um, tax deferment for health, correct? Right. Well, we were talking about the a medical expense reimbursement plan, which is different than a tax deferment. The tax deferment would be if you have a high deductible health health insurance plan. Okay. And you took out uh, a health savings account, where you were able to put about almost seven thousand dollars into it in a Can year. Can you do that as an S corp? Yeah, you could do it any any type of entity you are, as long as you have a high deductible plan. Okay. Okay, so you have to have a high deductible plan. That's a given, and then you can have this on top of that. And the idea is, it's almost like having another IRA. And and I, this is Steve, naive Steve, saying this. I believe you can't use it for premiums, but you can use it for all other medical issues. Correct. Correct. And then um, once you turn sixty-five, then you can use it for premiums. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. So that's a huge opportunity. Correct. Ooh. So that's and why a lot of people are really funding it. Really funding it. And again, this is all part of that tax planning. Correct. When, Those are the little things that come into the tax planning. Well, it depends. As you get older, they could be bigger things, right? Yes. Yep. How about when you hit 50, right? Because when I hit 50, there was something that um, I was able to do some catch-up some uh, catch up uh, to my IRA and some different things. What's that all about? So once you hit 50, the government says you could put more away for retirement because presumably you've missed a few years at some point in your life. So if you have a 401k, it's like an extra $6,000 that you can put away once you hit 50. Um, I think it's $1,000 on an IRA. So typically, you know, uh, a 401k is going to give somebody a lot more bang for their dollar as far as how much they can put away. Well, how about these small companies, though? You know, think about, it. you know, the You've, you've met a bunch of my listeners and that they're going to be small businesses doing hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars, maybe a million, you know, but making 20 percent. What what kind of uh, retirement uh, options are available to the uh, S-Corps and the um, general uh, well, just general they have, operators? They have all the options and we've seen them do 401ks, set plans. They're putting away a chunk of money, you know. Um, they're coming to us, they're making money, and they're saving money, which is a good thing. And that's really, at this point, really important, you know, especially with the volatility in the markets out there in the e-commerce platform markets. <laughs> you know, if you can put this money away and, and, you know, really pack it away, now is the time, correct? Correct, exactly. All right, so so we now have gotten the kids employed. We got the pool house covered. We got the part of the home written off. We got our new vehicle, right? We um, are, what else did we do? We got the retirement. We got some health care. What other areas are, again, I guess, low-hanging fruit, or, or do you think we've covered How about, most of them? We've, we've covered a lot of the low-hanging fruit, but we, we have water paranoia. Yeah, people that don't they they don't want to do something even though the government says you could do it because they're afraid that they're going to get audited. 
So, and my theory is, well, if you're doing it right, what do you care if they audit you? And most audits are done over the phone, correct? Correct. 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 And so it's just different. And if I'm correct, there are um, um, parameters that they use, you know, ranges for a lot of stuff, right? Correct. So when you, and, when and you exceed a, a range, then there's an anomaly and they want there's to understand a lot of why. Things that, there's a lot of things that can trigger an audit, but as long as you do it right and you document it, you shouldn't worry about it. And that's what we pay you for, right? That's what you pay your CPA for, right? Well, you pay them to, you know, sometimes a lot of people are just paying them to put the right numbers in the right boxes. All right. Um, but somebody has to document it. And if you're working with us, we're going to make sure you document it. But if you're working with somebody else, they may be, you know, leaving it to you to document it, which that's fine. Document it. Consistency, right? Correct. That's really what Correct. it takes. Okay. All right. So you have this program, um, you have a, a free book. Okay. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, he's going to collect your email address, so get ready for it. All right, that's the cost, right? Don, Steve sure. doesn't benefit in any way <laughs> other than if you get help. I don't, he, Craig's doesn't sponsor me in any ways, but it's com forward slash momentum. And uh, on there, he's just tracking who comes through my podcast. But you're going to sign up for a free 10 biggest tax mistakes that cost business owners thousands. Were a bunch of those ones that we just mentioned? Yes, yes. But now you actually see them and maybe you'll do something with them. Yeah, because basically you have a program where I can put in my particulars and you can see if there's an opportunity or not, right? Yeah, at, at this point I've been doing it enough. I could look at a tax return and I could see if there's opportunities. Is that, is there a cost for that service? No, that's a free service, and we call it a free analysis. So it's a free analysis that you do out of the goodness of your heart, hoping that you'll see Steve and you'll be like, oh, Steve, we could save you 15 grand, and then you can charge me. And then that's a reasonable conversation. When we switched to an S-Corp, I think our first year we saved nine grand. Correct. When we did it. Nine, and it was 9000 bucks. And, and I'm like, how many, years ago? Yeah. how many years ago was that? Uh, not enough. Um, okay. you know, several, so, but not So if it, could was have several, been longer. You know, if it was 10 years ago, that's 90 grand you saved. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, what? How much inventory can you buy that? That's right. It's a lot of. You know, Craig knows we sell shoes, so <laughs> yeah, that's that is a lot of shoes. Okay, all right. So, anything else that we we want to buzz out? Because I'm going to put this uh, the link to this uh, in the episode. And again, um, I have his phone number. I'm going to put out on the episode too, and his contact information because it is free for this kind of stuff. And once in a while, I'll send him a note, just like, "Hey, what about this?" And you're like, "Steve, don't be stupid. Do it this way, right?" <laughs> um, but a lot of it is planning. And I just think that this is a miss. Everybody's worried about getting their taxes done, which mine are into my CPA, by the way. Just want to get credit for that uh, a week or so ago. However, you planning really has to start sooner than that. Planning should go on all year round. Hmm. There's no excuse. How much effort does it really take? I mean, because I'm sure somebody's listening to this and they're like scared to death over it. Doesn't doesn't take you know a lot of effort. I mean, in in our case, we make sure our clients do. We typically do a call once a month with them via Zoom. You know, and it might be 10 minutes, it might be 20 minutes, it might be an hour, depending on what's going on. But that's not a lot of time over the course of a year. You also offer accounting services. So if anybody's looking for a large accounting, uh, these are typically larger companies that you do. And you have e-commerce companies because I've talked to some of them. Um, but these are larger sellers um, and larger other types of businesses and that. And I'll put that information here. But if somebody connects with Craig because you, you like uh, what he's saying here, um, you're in New York. Can you practice in other states? We have clients as far, as far away as Washington State. Okay, so all the way to the other end of the world, um, and because Craig's in New York, so okay, all right, cool, all right. Well, the goal. Uh, anything else you want to do before I do my goal? Nope, I'm good. 
Okay, you're good. And I'm going to put all his information again. It's Craig Cody, Craig with an I, Craig Cody, C-O-D-Y, and company.com forward slash momentum. Go get that free um, free uh, list and make sure that you're not doing any of those 10 mistakes. Please make sure you're not. And then see if there's an opportunity for you to save money and whether you use Craig or use a similar company. We use the CPA. I don't do my own taxes. We use a CPA to do ours too. And I absolutely suggest you do that um, and somebody smarter than me. So the goal of the podcast is to help people who are stuck. You see people in all industries. I mean, have you ever thought about how many industries you, you dabble in? Oh, there's a lot of industries. It's crazy, right? But you probably see some common things going across them. What's the advice you do give people who are stuck and just can't get out of their way? You know, I, I, the best advice really is work with a coach. You know, why make your own mistakes when you can learn from somebody else's mistakes? <laughs> That's so solid. Dude, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for you to come back on. I won't, I won't make it two years next time. I apologize for that. <laughs> I didn't realize. I swear to God, I looked at it. I was like, oh, yeah, we talked last year. And then I looked at it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we did not. Uh, time, time flies when we're getting old. Yeah, and that is happening. So, hey, I really appreciate it. I think there's tons of valuable information. Again, Craig Cody and company.com forward slash momentum. Check out that free guide and see if you're making those mistakes. Take care, Craig. Thank you. Bye-bye. Such a great guy. I'm fortunate to know him. Um, and just I see him around every so often. We travel in similar circles. And yet his advice is just, it's like sage. He's got that steady voice. He's just so confident because he sees it every single day. And when you when you see it time after time, you know, it's funny, the same mistakes get, you know, 100 people come in, not one person has planned, not one person. So you're not any different than anyone else. So that's the good news. The bad news is if next year, you're not different than anyone else, then you didn't take advantage and, and really didn't take and elevate your business to that next level. So hope you take his advice, hope you uh, go out there and, and, and find out what the opportunity is, whether you use him or not, doesn't matter to me. I just want you to do something to help build up your business. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.